Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. On today's episode, we talk with guest Clint Casper and get super jacked up about all things hunting, mental toughness, traveling out of state, and we take calls from around the country. Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is July 16th, 2019. I'm your host, Eric Clark, and thanks for tuning into the show. Uh, Big shout out to my dad. It's his birthday today on July 16th. Dad, you're the guy that got me into hunting. Happy birthday. I appreciate you. Hopefully you're having a great day up north. Um, Shout out to Backwoods Grind Coffee. They give me the energy to do the show. So the Where to Hunt podcast is quite literally brought to you by Backwoods Grind Coffee. Uh, Their coffee is delicious, backwoodsgrind.com. Enter code W, the number two, the letter H podcast, and that'll get you 10% off their coffee. Um, And if you're going to buy coffee from a grocery store or from anywhere, I mean, I want to just think about it real quick because first of all, it's delicious. It really is. It's got this great freaking like gritty taste that makes it feel like a freaking man. Um, and but they support conservation and quite specifically, uh, they support the uh, National Wild Turkey Federation, Backwoods Hunters and Anglers, uh, QDMA, Quality Deer Management Association, and also the National Deer Alliance, the NDA. So, you know, buying coffee from them goes back into conservation to support you know, the things that we love. So that's my shout out to Backwoods Grind Coffee. Um, if you're not if you're not having their coffee, they also offer a sample. They also offer a sampler pack. So it's at least worth trying out to see what you think. Uh, it's a great way to kind of just get into some of the blends that they have. So on today's show, I bring on guest Clint Casper. He is the man. Um, you know, it's hard for me to find people that can match my enthusiasm, the, the, the rate of speech that I talk at and the excitement and passion for hunting specifically. Um, he's a writer for Peterson's bow hunting staff. He's a writer, blogger, and, uh, you know, he's a big proponent of the, the Working Class Bowhunter podcast. And on today's show, we bring in calls from all over the place, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Connecticut. And I I might be missing one or two, but it was a great episode. We talk about mental toughness and how you actually can dissect and distill and break down hunting other states. Clint has hunted, if I counted correctly, somewhere between 14 and 16 different states and or countries, uh, Canada being one of those. Um, And talks about how how do you actually overcome that obstacle if it's something that you want to do, we'll break that down among a number of other topics based on the, the questions from the callers. So without further ado, we'll get into the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast. This is the live session. We're live on Facebook, live on YouTube, or at least I hope I'm live on both. And before I jump into the topic and bring our guest on, I need to do my shout out to, I'll show you on the screen here, Backwoods Grind Coffee. This is the coffee that produces the energy to actually do this show. 
Um, if anybody knows me at all, if you're getting to know me, uh, I run a freaking marathon every single day. Not an actual marathon, but I'm doing a lot of shit all the time. I don't stop. I go quick. I go hard. Um, I'm always on, and backwoods grind is a big part of that. So big shout-out to those guys. If you want to feel anywhere near as closely energized as me <laughs> and do a shit ton with your time, uh, go ahead and go to backwoodsgrind.com, and you can enter in code W2HPODCAST for 10% off. So I also drink scotch every episode. So if anyone knows a scotch company that wants to sponsor the show, that'd be great. Um, I'm going to bring my guest on for, for the day. I'm very excited, super jacked to bring on Clint Casper. What up, dude? What's going on, my man? Pumped to be on. <laughs> Fucking A. Dude, I feel like we were just jamming a little bit before I hit the record button, and it's funny because in some weird way, I feel like I know you, but we've never met. Like, I've never met you, and it's this weird day and age where I've heard you on other shows, and I'm I'm glad that you have carved out the time to, to hang out with me tonight, dude. Oh, hell yeah, my man. That's the cool thing about uh, social media and stuff like we were talking about is you, you almost feel like you get to know people that live maybe even halfway across the world or the country or whatever, and you've just... Uh, you're kind of in a mindset of where it's almost like you're, you're buddies, but you have never shook hands. And, and back in the day, that was like the big thing. You know, you, you shook hands and you looked each other in the eye and you met one another. And now it's like you can kind of have that same mentality and, and literally you're, you know, 15 states away sometimes or 20 states away. So, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I'm pumped. Uh, definitely feels like we, uh, we've connected on a lot of different levels as far as, uh, you know, just, just kind of how we go about the daily stuff. Uh, you're uh, – the spiel on the coffee, man. I I feel like that's uh yeah, that's me for sure. It's like you get I'm up in the morning and it's just full throttle, you know, wide the fuck open right now from start to finish. Dude, for for sure. Like, I mean, whatever. Everyone's got their own shit, right? But I I've just uh I have a pretty big goals for 2019, and one of them is just leading by example and being an exemplar and trying to do freaking great things. And uh, I don't know. I wake up at five in the morning and I, I go to the gym right away and then I go to work and then I work all day right at the day job, try to do a fucking bang up job there and then come home and, and do more of this stuff. Right. Cause this is the shit that I really love. Um, I can talk to fucking cool guys like you, man. I mean, I'm with you hundred percent. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how cool I'm classified as, but uh, <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something. <laughs> like, I don't know like, how cool I'm classified as, case, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm that cool or not. But I will say though, I'm freaking pumped to be on, and uh, it's a pretty cool platform you got going on here, man. And uh, I'm excited to be a part of it and uh, get to uh, get the jam out with you for a little while here uh, on this uh, this platform and this podcast. So hell yeah, my man, pumped. Well, let's unpack the freaking the the sack here a little bit and just. Dude, there's people that don't know you. That's great. There's people that do know you. That's even better. Let's take a second to just who who is Clint Casper? Where are you from? How long you been hunting? What's your weapon of choice? Do you got a favorite animal? Et cetera, et cetera. Just take a minute, dude, and I'll wind you up and let you go. Yeah, my man. Do the old. Uh, we'll do the old fire off segment. Um, so yeah, um, proud dad of two. Um, got two little guys. Uh, Easton's uh, three years old, and uh, my, my littlest guy, Keaton's uh, going to be turning six months. So uh, super pumped about, uh, you know, getting to be a dad. And, and man, love them little guys. Um, it's awesome being uh, being able to share, you know, starting to really share with Easton, the three-year-old, you know, my passion for, you know, farming and, and the outdoors and whatnot. And it'll be the same with, you know, with Keaton, the older he gets. But, uh, yeah, born and raised right here in the, in the good old Midwest, um, Ohio farm boy. 
third generation nice. dairy farmer. So, you know, been uh, grain farming, dairy farming, beef farmer, you know, et cetera. Um, you have no work ethic child. at all, right? Like you just don't know what Absolute, work's like at uh, all. Dude, Your hands aren't callous. Dude, dude, I'm a gamer. I just, I like to just <laughs> let me game, man. Just like, just let, as soon as I get off here, dude, I get to go on Xbox Live and I can get it. So, yeah, I don't really yeah, know man. about calloused hands. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 nothing against gamers, but I'm just, uh, just, you know, just throw that out there. I wonder but, what your game no, tag uh, would be if you had one. Like, is it the Ohio Butcher, like uh, D-Rock calls you from East Coast, or what? That would be a funny one. What the fuck's this Ohio Butcher laying mayhem yeah, down yeah, on? Call- uh, I, I, I told him I'm going to I'm gonna use that as my new Pornhub handle, Ohio Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, man, oh, yeah, for sure, yeah, he loved that one. You know how he is, but. Yeah, no, uh, you know, just, man, grew up around uh, the outdoors and, and farming, and, and um, you know, um, it was awesome to, to grow up, you know, milking cows and just being around that lifestyle really kind of set the stage for just, you know, the work ethic and, and hard work pays off and, and had two great um, two great teachers and role models and, and both, you know, my mom and my dad. And, um, you know, it was awesome to, to, you know, grow up and and be able to be raised in that kind of atmosphere. And yeah, I mean, just got into hunting at a young age. Um, you know, I can remember squirrel hunting and stuff with dad, you know, whenever I was, you know, five, six years old with, you know, the little single shot 22s and stuff. And, uh, just always had a passion for it. Started, um, started shotgun hunting with a 410 when I was, um, I got that for my 10th birthday. And then from that point on, man, it was just, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know how many deer I missed those first couple of years because I would just get so freaking excited. And then I figured out oh, after a few years, oh, yeah, I mean, I just, oh, yeah, probably 10, 15, you know, literally. And I, I figured out after a few years, like, okay, you know, I, ex- I, I love sports, but I have this, like, crazy burning desire and passion for, for deer hunting. So, I, you know, our shotgun season only lasts a week. So I'm like, how do I figure out how to do this longer? And it's and the answer was archery, picking up a bow. And that's yep, honestly it, when I when I was when I was about twelve, that's where <laughs> that's where the ball started going downhill and it all went into psycho <laughs> mode from there. No no but yeah, so um good uh good family friend down the road, Joe Evans, um Evans Taxidermy still does my taxidermy work to this day. Um he uh he was a big bow hunter, a big traditional guy. And, um, you know, he kind of took me under his wing because, you know, dad being a dairy farmer and stuff, I mean, man, he, you know, no one in my family bow hunted. I mean, it's just with having the farms and everything, man, I mean, they just didn't have time to get into that. So he kind of took me under my wing and I, and I really got into, um, to, you know, shooting a bow. I mean, there was just something about watching an arrow fly out of a bow that you're holding in your hand. Um, that just mesmerized me from day one. And honestly, from the time I was 12, 13 and bought my first, I got a uh, 45 pound bear Kodiak that I could only pull back about three quarters of the way. So I was probably only pulling about 32, 33 pounds, but yep. that's besides the point. But uh, <laughs> from that day, now you're from that from, day maybe on, you're not man, like 40, you got a little bit more muscle. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, man. I can do seven or eight solid pushups now. I mean, oh yeah, I'm in good shape, brother. But, uh, from that point on, it's definitely been, um, just burning desire. Um, for sure. I mean, I got nothing against, you know, um, guns and I mean, I love guns and love shooting guns, but man, I mean, it's from that point on, it just started really to be archery and here the last eight or nine years, it's been strictly archery only. I mean, I'm, I'm just totally a bow guy. Um, 
that's just my that's just my gig. That's my jam. I like getting close. I love having the stick and string in my hands at all times. Um, you know, I'm I'm that psycho that carries the bow around during gun season when I've got a deer tag in my pocket. I mean, I'm still I throw the orange on. So you are. I'm, so you, you got hunt- your bow when you're out gun hunting. You're, you're that you're that guy. Oh yeah. No, it's been. Um, I I have not. It's been eight or nine years since I've um, gun hunted in the essence of actually went out and, and would have would have filled a buck tag if the opportunity presented itself um, with a gun. Yeah, it's, it's been eight or nine years. I mean, I go with my family every year on opening morning. You know, I mean, I, I carry I carry a gun, um, but yep. literally I'm literally I'm I'm there as a, a deer driver and I'm there as you know if a coyote runs by I'm I'm good to go there, but um, big buck jumps up and I've got a buck tag. I'll be yelling which direction he's going and who he's going to run by and trying to help out, but you won't see me pull up. Uh, yeah, it's, it's bow only man for me. It's been about eight or nine years now I've been like that. And, uh, yeah, I love it, dude. When I go out West, I hunt a lot of rifle season tags with my bow. Um, people are like, you're nuts. And I'm like, no, I just, I needed a tag in October and I could get a rifle tag and use my bow. That's, that's, that's fine by me. I have no problem throwing the orange on and uh, grabbing the bow. Actually, two years ago in Montana, I shot my, uh, my antelope during rifle season um, with my bow. And uh, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty wild to be hearing How everybody. Was that, shot? Rifles. Uh, that was 76. Holy shit. Yep. He was, yep. He was 76. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just, yeah, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I love guns. I own a bunch of guns. I got nothing against, you know, the guys that, that, that use every weapon. Honestly, there's times where I, I wish I had that mentality because it, it creates more opportunities. It really does. But for me, right, man, right. I, I just, you know, I just love, uh, my jam is watching an arrow disappear behind the shoulder or something. I mean, that's just, that's what sets me off, dude. That's, that's, uh, that's why I do it. And, and I just, you know, I honestly don't get as much out of it unless I'm doing it that way. And I've just learned over the years that I would rather, you know, get it done every other year with a bow than to say I got it done every year with a gun. That's just, it's just me. It's just my mentality. It's just how I do it. Well, that intrinsic you know, reward is there for you. And that's how you get it, dude. Then you got to do what you got to do. And who fucking cares what anyone else thinks? I mean, so yeah. what dude that's fucking great and by the way as far as i'm concerned to this day i found nothing well i mean maybe there's some things but really to me shooting a bow is one of the most therapeutic things and even thinking about shooting a bow is us is the same version of that therapy like if i get stressed out i just think okay i'm gonna i'm gonna pull back right and i'm gonna think about my shot and I'm gonna let it fly and you're right watching that arrow fly through the air man I don't know if it's going back to our primitive fucking bones, you know, and, and our DNA that's in our in our blood flowing through our system. Like, it feels good. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just for for me, it's just uh, you know, it's just one of them deals where I just feel at home, um, and I'm as confident as. I mean, I tell people all the time. I, I at, at at 50 yards, I honestly feel like and would almost guarantee I can shoot a tighter group with my bow than I would with my shotgun. I, I just, I mean, I just, I just have that confidence in myself with, with, you know, with a, with my bow or, or one of my bows that that's just where I'm at. You know, I mean, I just, that's just kind of my mindset is, is, you know, I almost feel like I'm out there, 
naked during gun season when I don't have it. And, uh, you know, but like as a family, we do a lot of deer drives and whatnot. Cause you know, like, like my brother and my dad and different people, I mean, they don't get a ton of time off with their jobs and with what they're doing like I do. So, you know, you're, they're trying to make the most of a couple of, you got to capitalize on the few upper. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so, so it's fun. I mean, it's exciting to be part of, you know, some of the slow drives and the, and the, the deer pushes and, 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 you know, it's, it's like a family tradition that we've been doing, you know, since we were just little, little kids, me and my brother with, you know, with my dad and family and friends. So, yeah, I mean, I love it. I mean, I look forward to it. It's, it's fun, um, you know, to, to get geared up, you know, and, and Hey, if a big buck jumps up in front of me and, and, you know, he's, he, I mean, I've, I've had him stand right there at 50 yards and look back at me like, you know, Hey, where are you? And I always look at it as well, you know, <laughs> It, I'm Clint motherfucking Casper. Where, That's what you tell the yeah, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I just, <laughs> just whisper, and the wind carries the whisper to the ears, and they perk I up. Look, like, okay, dude, I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back. Right I here on broadside for you. I look at him right in the eye, and I just tell him, today's your lucky fucking day that I don't have the bow in my hand. This is your lucky day. Now I've seen you. It's like, um, what's his name? Who um, is it? Uh, Liam? Who's all? He he's in the. Um, He's always in those movies that uh, about like oh, the daughter that gets kidnapped. Taken? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, and he's always you. like, and, and yeah, and he, you know, you know, I will find you and I will kill you. It's like that's how it is in gun season. If I see a big buck and I'm like, okay, I can't do anything about it right now because I'm not going to shoot you with my gun. But guess what? You've let me see you. I now know you. you. I now know you. Uh, yeah, like that's honestly how I look at it to try to keep myself from being like devastated that I just had a giant in front of me at thirty yards and couldn't do anything. Voice in your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have. A I'm like, set yep, of okay. <laughs> yeah, I have a certain set of skills. I have now seen you. I see where you live. I will find you and I will kill you. That's how I look at it. Funny as shit, dude. The the Liam Neeson of fucking deer killing, right I'm here. Gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. As soon as this gun season bullshit's over, I'm going to throw the Lone Wolf custom gear on my back, and it's time for me to go in with a sneak attack and whack your ass. The only time Clint Casper sees a deer's white, the sees a freaking white tail is when they lift their tail up to take a shit because they just crap themselves <laughs> walking past you. <laughs> no, dude, they ain't running like from that. me. They just shit themselves. It's okay. I got this. <laughs> I, wish it, I, wish it was, uh, I wish it was like that. You can I have wish more I haters. Just... You're gonna have more haters. I'll be like, dude, that's how he does it. You gotta fucking kidding me. That's not yeah, fair. Oh yeah. Oh 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 god. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, that's how he does it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I was that guy, I could just I could just will them to death. My I was talking to my buddy Joel. He's he's one of my closest pals, and uh, he actually I just did a call out for him on the Huntland podcast. Sergeant in the Marine Corps for ten fucking years, two tours to Iraq. Just a great dude. And he. Um, oh hell yeah! Hats off, hats like, off to him. Thank you, dude. He's a fucking great guy. Anyway, he he said, well, dude, why don't you ask him, like, what, what his hardest hunt was and, and maybe what his easiest hunt was? Like, has he ever hunted yeah. naked? Because that sounds like it'd be pretty hard. I'm like, I don't know, man, but I'm going to ask now. So here we go. Let's get weird. Yeah, uh, hunted naked? Um, man, <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I, I mean, I don't – not that I can recall. Now, I, I have been caught – with pants down in the woods before and, and in moments of, Oh shit, you know, uh, yep. going to need to pinch this one off or whatnot. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, not, uh, not naked, but, uh, yeah, I guess you could say, you know, partially, but, uh, yeah, no, that's, a, that's a good thought. one. I was, I was taking a piss and he just came right up this rit like no shit. Like I had to pinch it off. I was like, Oh my God, am I gotten luck that brought it with me? Cause I'm not a total idiot. And, uh, you know, I, 
unfortunately, I didn't shoot him because I didn't have the conversation with my dad because I already shot a buck. And if I could use a tag and, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, I should have shot the fucking thing, but I didn't. But yeah, dude, it was one of those moments, you know, dick in hand. Here comes a, yep. here comes a buck, of course. Hell yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it seems like it always does happen like that. But uh, yeah, I know it's funny he brought up, you know, tough hunts and easy hunts because, I mean, every hunt's different and, and every adventure is different. And it's, it's, you know, that's what I like about, um, I always use the phrase and, and, and whatnot, uh, adventure bow hunting, just because it's, you know, it just seems like they're always adventures no matter what I'm, what I'm doing or where I'm at. It, it always ends up being even the hunts that you'd coin happen quick or they were easy. I mean, really, when you think about it, it, it just, the stars aligned and it sounded easy or, or it seemed easy, but in, in walking around in the shoes that I was in, you know, it, it wasn't as easy as it looked, but because it was a shorter trip or it was a shorter, you know, time frame, you know, but, um, you know, some of my hardest hunts have actually been, you know, been my, been some short stuff. I mean, I just got back with Brian Barney and, um, went out there to Montana and chased spring bears around, uh, in Montana with him this spring. I was only out there three and a half days and we covered about, oh man, I forget. I think it was like 53, 54 miles in those couple of days. And, uh, I mean, just, just hoofing it. Cause I mean, you know, we had a limited amount of time. So, I mean, just, just trying to freaking kill it every day, you know, 13, 14 miles. Um, and I mean, it was, you know, we, we saw a lot of bears. I mean, it was fun, but I mean, it, it was tough. I mean, we were freaking biking, we were hiking, we, you know, we were using the mountain bikes to get into some Damn, spots. That's cool, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and it was only a couple day hunt, but I mean, dude, I mean, it was, it was as physical as physical could get, you know, hour in and hour out. So yeah, no, it's it's cool that he brought that up because, you know, obviously the long, grueling hunts, I mean, anyone that's, you know, read anything I write about or listen to me on podcasts or has ever met me, I mean, I'm a, I'm a freaking nut when it comes to the solo backcountry stuff. I mean, I love packing in and, and freaking, you know, putting steel on steel and going at it for 8, 9, 10, 12 days by myself in the backcountry. I mean, I just feel like that's where I get to test myself and I train all year for that shit and I, I think about that all year. And I mean, I love those hunts. I mean, and they're, they're brutal. They're tough. Um, you know, they're just a mental daily grind. Oh yeah. Just, just a total grind. I mean, just you're, 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 you're battling yourself, you know, minute by minute, every single day, you know, to mentally stay in it and physically stay in it. And I mean, I love those, you know, I love those grinds and those battles, but those are different from like, you know, like that's a different grind than like the grind here in whitetail season, you know, like here in Ohio, uh, well, two years, for example, I hunted a, a one buck and I hunted 97 days till I killed him. I started the end of September, didn't kill him till January 13th. And it ended up being 90, 97 total days of, of chasing that deer. And I never even drew my bow back one time until the night that I actually killed him. And, you know, that was a mental grind, probably harder than anything I've done because there were bucks I were, I, that I was letting walk that I probably shouldn't have been, but I was just so mentally, you know, like on that one. In, yeah. Oh, I was, yeah, I mean, I was just so mentally cast at killing this one buck that, you know, I just, I just couldn't bring myself to, you know, to jumping off him and going to another. And, um, you know, it, it ended up getting to the point where, you know, it was, it was mentally probably the, the toughest, um, season hunt I've ever had just because it literally started in September and didn't end till January. And I mean, the, when you're chasing the downs buck and, rather than any you know, buck, that's that's like dude, that's totally a different game. But dude, hold up real quick because I got we got a caller on the line. I'm gonna bring him in. 
It's the casting coach director of East Coast Bowhunter podcast. So I'm not sure which one of these two balls we're going to bring in, but they're here. What's up, guys? Oh, boy. What's going on, Playboy? <laughs> oh, look who it is. It's oh, Pete look Rock. who it is. Lark. <laughs> oh, boy. Thanks for hanging the out there with me. us, E-Rock. We had you hanging out for like three minutes, just just chilling. I no, changed I, that I'm... piano music to the show so you could listen in. Yeah, that's that's dope, actually. It's a, it's a good listen. I had to call in to, uh, I mean, I was listening to Casper's uh, uh, sultry voice, so it was it was better than the piano music. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just I probably we were just getting pan- into the mental toughness the side of things. Right Talk about uh, mental sorry? toughness. D Rock's doing a five k a day. Heck yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm down twenty pounds. I was a chubby motherfucker, so now I, you know, I'm actually down to uh, to dad bod status. Trying to creep up to Clint Casper status now. You know, Did you say you have a chubby? It, Is that what you said? I, I, I was chubby. I was too oh, chubby you were life. chubby. Okay. <laughs> trying to keep it weird here, guys. That's all. <laughs> Hell yeah, that old D Rock. That's awesome, my man. I uh, I noticed last time I took your panties off, they slid off a little easier. So I can tell you've been losing the weight, my man. I'm pumped about that. Thanks, man. Just trying to make it easier for you so you could get some quicker. You know what I mean? I don't want to keep you anticipating. <laughs> it helps. you got to add a couple notches, huh? I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, man, whatever makes uh, getting to the G-string quicker. I, I know you all saw that video. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I love it. I love the flavor of that video, man. That's funny as shit. So, D-Rock, you got some questions for Clint? I know you've had him on your show. You've asked him everything there is to ask. Um no, you got actually, I I actually had like two two more pages of outline when I had him on the show. So it's great for you to have an interactive show. So this way, well, you know, us as a listener can really touch base on other things that come up and arose. Um, like for example, bring one other person into the call. Want... Sorry, guys, we got one other guy in here with us. Go ahead. What up? What up? Do you what know up? the voice? <laughs> I know the voice. Motherfucking Kurt Guy. Gang, gang. Yeah, gang, gang, gang. gang. Oh, God, we're doing uh, this. <laughs> I was just out shooting my bow and listening to you guys, so I figured I'd call in and let everybody know that I was doing what I was supposed to. Word Hell up. yeah. Amen, brother. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm actually fine-tuning the ritual, so this way I can come bring the heat for the shoot. Hell yeah, do that. My Broadhead soon with uh, the Huntland guys, Greg and Jeff. So we got to get that freaking going here. And actually, I'm going to be seeing you guys at the shoot this Saturday. Oh, you're coming? I didn't know you were actually making your way out. Oh, yeah, man. I I registered. I got the 20 bucks in my wallet. We're good to go. It's like a three and a half hour drive from Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. But I'll be there, man. Bringing some Hubbleton brews with me. They're a sponsor for the other show that I'm on. So I'm looking forward to just meeting you guys. I told uh, D-Rock I'm going to give him a hug. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. It's gonna be a good time. And the cool thing about it is, like, we had to kind of cut off like capacity because of like how many people on the it's a private property we're having it on. But next year, we just we're already having talks. It's gonna be like five times as big because we're gonna have it at a local archery club, where it's like there's camping. Everybody can come out, do their thing, and stay all night. And it's a two day shoot next year. So that's dope. That's real dope. Yeah. Clint, you going? Heck yeah, it is. Not gonna make it, my man. The real man. Ah, man, you're just a, you're freaking (laughs) tease. 
<laughs> I, I, dude, I, I, I wasn't, I, I did, I did, I wasn't gonna burst your bubble on this show because I didn't want, you know, I, I didn't want that intensity to go away. But I mean, I guess now is the time. It's yeah. I, but, but we got shows coming up, and it won't be long. It'll be trade show time, and we'll be at Deer and Turkey Expos, and I'm already locked in on a bunch of that. So, don't you worry. Word. You're gonna. You, you're gonna you're gonna get to make out with me before it's all said and done, my man. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I was gonna have to do the game solo again. <laughs> I regret calling in. So okay, D Rock, I was just interrupting you because Kurt jumped on. So D Rock, you go, and then Kurt, you're up next, and then I'll, when Kurt goes, D Rock, yeah. I'll plop you off, and then and then same thing. We'll just keep it rolling here. Okay, I'm gonna take my bill while I listen. Uh, <laughs> I feel like a piece of meat all of a sudden. What the hell's going on here? Yeah, we got people in the queue, uh, so let's. This is crazy. Hey, uh, so so Clint, uh, what I wanted to ask is, for the Montana Bear that you went out for, um, what was what was your approach to that hunt as far as? And I'm sorry if, if to, if to make it sound redundant if you talked about it already, but what approach did you take? Because I know you only had three days to try to make something happen and. I mean, did did you already have like you obviously you hit hit up your topos before jumping in, but what, when you were there, what was your game plan going in? Yeah, so basically the game plan for you know me and Brian was just to hit you know hit spots that we knew were going to have the greenest feed um, in that springtime phase when those bears were coming out of dens and as that snow line's melting and whatnot. I mean you're literally keying in on the greenest features. So your little hidden meadows, your little hidden parks, the little hidden basins that have the neon green feed, that's what those bears are feeding on, and that's what they're keying in on. Um, you've also got their rut that was just starting to kick off and was actually – we actually I actually got to watch a, a boar chase, chase a sow around um, when I was out there. I mean, he was, you know, dogging her and, I mean, you know, really, really getting after it. So – so that was kind of the, you know, the main feature we were looking for was, okay, where's the most neon green secluded feed? And what you're basically trying to do is you're trying to get on these vantage points um, and glass these key features. And you basically want to cover as much ground as you can because bears don't really have like a typically like a schedule pattern. I mean, you could have a bear pop out at two that, popped out the morning before at seven that might pop out three nights later at five. I mean, they, they, they don't really, you know, they're just kind of foraging around throughout the day. You know, they lay down, they sleep for a little bit, they get up, they feed, they move, the rut's starting to kick in. So some of the boars are out traveling country looking for a hot sow. So our approach was with a short limited time was cover as much ground and, and key in and pack into as many of these, you know, really good features we could glass off of each day as we could and just basically try to bounce into as many bears as we could till we found, you know, solid boar to go after and put stocks on. And we ended up seeing nine bears um, in those three days, you know, and we utilized the mountain bikes. You know, there was a couple times where we, we was able to cover a lot of ground quick, you know, riding in and riding out with the bikes. And then, you know, we, we hiked a ton. So, the freaking bikes, man. I mean, oh, I, mean, I call those things the freaking death machines because I mean, out there with the elevation, and I mean, it's like I love them and I hate them. I mean, I <laughs> you can cover a lot of ground, but man, like you, you know, your, your freaking legs are just burning when you get off those things at the end of the day. But I mean, they are a tool to help you cover a ton of ground, you know, in a quick amount of time. So 
Yeah, no, man. Um, that was basically the main key feature was, you know, just to get on those, those main features and glass and let, you know, let the glass do your walking for you and just try to cover as much good bear country as you could in those three days and, and try to bounce into one. And I mean, we got within 70 yards, well within striking range, um, on two different boars and, um, you know, it just, just got, got back to full draw once, um, actually twice on the one bear and then, uh, didn't get back to full draw on the other one. But I mean, you know, I mean, it was close, man. I mean, it, it could have went either way on both those encounters, uh, both solid, probably five and a half, six foot boars. You know, one was a, a jet black and one was a big chocolate. So yeah, man, always fun. Uh, was pumped to get out there and hunt with my, my good buddy, Brian Barney. Uh, he runs, um, Eastman's elevated podcast, super cool dude. Always jacked to get out there and hunt with him and catch up with everybody out there in Montana and stuff. So yeah, no, man, it was freaking fun. And, uh, you know, I always look forward to that hunt. It's tough. I mean, success rate with a bow on public on spot and stock bears. I don't even know if it'd be 3%. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of them hunts that you're going into and you know, it's going to be a freaking kick ass, but a super hard hunt. I just heard that bow go off and I'm pretty sure Kurt was spot on on that <laughs> shot. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but I, I just, it, it just sounded good to me. I'm just throwing that out there. I, it just sounded good. It Sorry, that was good, just me it? just shooting. <laughs> D-Rock. Oh, well, that's probably why Kurt, it sounded Kurt, so good, because it was D-Rock. Kurt, Kurt is a better shot than me, so don't get it twisted. <laughs> we'll see you this weekend, fellas. We'll see you this weekend. There you go. Hey, you know, Hell yeah. is I, don't really, I don't really get to shoot that much at the shoot, which is... You're too busy freaking to organizing the event, huh? Yeah, and sweating and... You know, bush he's he's like he he's got to be greeting people, kissing babies, signing g strings. I mean, it's Kurt motherfucking Dyer over there. He ain't got time to shoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mostly just signing g strings. That's about all I do. Hell yeah! Well, see, that's what I love about the shoot is while he's distracted, I can be over in the corner like, "Hey, Sam, what up, girl? What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Taking care of old news. Careful, he's gonna have a bow in his hand. <laughs> Heck yeah! <laughs> you said yep. taking care of old news. <laughs> oh, He's out here with me now, holding the baby while I shoot my bow. So, hell yeah! Shout oh, out damn. to my shout shout out to my two girls. Shout out to them. <laughs> hey Clint. <laughs> hey. <laughs> D-Rock, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, bring you off and then and Kurt, let's get to your question. We got a couple more callers actually hanging on the on the queue, so we'll keep her moving, guys, just to to keep her moving, I guess. I'm I'm still yeah, learning so, how to do all this call queue stuff, so Yeah, so Hell I'll yeah. Just ask my question and then I'll dip out. Thanks for calling, D Rock. You demand. All right, appreciate keep it. Real, keep it real, fellas. See y'all soon and appreciate uh, it. get back Yeah, get back to the couch, brother. Appreciate <laughs> it, D Rock. Talk to you soon, my man. All right, peace. Love you. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'll ask my question. I'm going to dip off and then just go back to listening and shoot my bow. Clint, if someone out – I'm asking from a perspective from another person. So if someone out there hasn't killed a big deer with a bow and that's their goal this season and they just somehow couldn't seem to figure out the formula, what are, like, the top two things you could tell them to where they can map it out to have better chances to accomplish that goal? Top two things for the guy looking to get it done this year on a big buck, right? That's what we're that's what we're after, correct? 
Yep, yep. For someone that hasn't if been able to figure it out before. If if it's if it's me, I'm gonna say patience number one, and and persistent number two. Um, uh, I mean, you can get you can get techie on uh, the different strategies and and doing this in early season and doing th- you know I do this then and I do this in the rut and I do this in late season. But everybody's different. Everyone's hunting ground, whether it's public or private, it's different. Um, biggest thing that I think guys, you know, have to have in their head is, is that the mental aspect of it's going to take time and, it, and it's going to, it's probably going to be a grind. I mean, it's, it's not, a lot of times it doesn't happen overnight. And I think guys just need to be like, look, you know, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. It's not a matter of, of if it's a matter of when I'm going to get an opportunity. I just got to keep hunting until I get it. And once I get it, I'm going to capitalize on it. So I would say, you know, for guys out there that are that are they're they're right there and they're just trying to get you know they're right at the top of the hill and they're trying to just they're just need a little bit of a bump to get to the top and start over the other side i think honestly it's just going to be a matter of you know sticking to your game plans and sticking to your guns and then don't get frustrated and um enjoy yourself i mean enjoy the early season enjoy the rut enjoy you know and if, if it takes you all year it takes you all year but um I think guys look for quick success and I think guys get so fatuated with killing big deer and they want it so bad that when they don't have immediate success, um, maybe it's, maybe it's the early season hunt or maybe it's even into the rut, then they start to get discouraged and, uh, yeah, man, patience and persistence. And and I think if you're going to go on, on like gear, like if you're, if you're, if you're going to say, okay, well, what's, what's something that a guy needs to have like to, be successful if he's going to hunt through an entire year or something like that. Um, you know, I talk about it and I write about it all the time. I mean, I'm a, I'm a mobile guy. I'm a, um, I'm a very big fan of the mobile setups, you know, hang and bang, whether it's a lock on, whether, whether it's, you know, climbers. I mean, obviously everybody knows I'm a, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of, you know, lone wolf custom gear stuff. Um, for example, that setup would allow a guy to literally hunt day in and day out different spots, move with the deer, hunt different winds. If the wind shifts during an all-day rut hunt, you can move. I mean, you know, so tools like that are going to allow a guy to be more successful, you know, in that quest to kill, whether it's his first big buck or it's biggest buck of his life, or maybe it's just his first deer in general. He's, he's you know, I mean, I, I know a lot of guys that have reached out to me that they're just trying to kill their first deer with a bow. And and that's exciting. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's a big milestone. So, you know, if you're going to go on the gear side of things, I mean, you know, a setup like that, you know, where you can throw everything on your back and and literally move day in and day out, I think that's really important. Um, But like I said, that mindset mixed in with the, you know, the the, the patience and the persistence factor. I mean, I just think those two P words, you've got to have it in order to be successful. Um, Yep. 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 I think it's just, I think that's just too, that's the main two keys. Um, there's, there's lots of other factors, obviously, but I, I think without those two present, I, I just, from my own experience, success and failures, without those two things, um, I, man, it's just, it's going to be, it's just hard to get it done. It really is. I mean, you, you just can't rely solely on luck. I mean, sometimes it just happens like that, but man, I haven't met anybody that consistently gets it done because of just absolute pure, just dumbfound luck. So Kurt, dude, be, good uh, question, man. That'd be my answer. Yes, sir. All right. Later, guys. Thanks. Hey, have fun shooting your bow, Appreciate buddy. it, my man. Get that practice in. You're going to need it.
yeah. I'm going to bring in so Clint dude I'm going to run I'm running you through these freaking callers because we got one more in that's been in here for a half a minute now and by half a minute I mean 12 uh we got Ron oh, yeah. Cox calling out of North Carolina so I don't know if you know who that is I don't but uh, uh I'm going to bring him in right now Ron you're live on the Word on podcast thanks for hanging in there with us what's going on gentlemen how we what are you doing up, man Hey, We're doing uh, good. Chat. That's what's up. I got a uh, hold on. Shabine to uh, East Coast. I know they listening still. Oh, they listening still. I'll raise my. We yeah. not a, Don't get me wrong. It ain't actually Shabine because I do live in North Carolina. But you know, you get the gist. So, <laughs> I think hell got yeah, a that's awesome. Oh, but, uh, slide. But Shabine's good I shit. Should. Hell yeah. So. But yeah, what's going on, gentlemen? I was uh I was hoping to have everybody on the line and break that record. What was the record? Uh five? Yeah, it gets kinda of weird when I got like five people in the same time. It's <laughs> like it's a lot to manage it's for me. Chaos. So I've been trying it's to like just chaos. run through. Yeah. I feel you. Well, cool deal. No, I just like I said, I just want to get on and shoot the breeze with y'all and Hell yeah, man. Thanks for calling. My first time you on got... a podcast. I uh I missed y'all last week. I was Hoping to get under uh, Garrett's uh, disclaimer because, well, you know, sometimes shit happens. But and we um, swear a whole bunch. Yeah, modern assassin. That's what I'm saying. Just lobbing f bombs yeah. like grenades at the audience, man. Just that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So I was I was trying to slide under that umbrella of his, but uh, you know. Anyway, we were just talking like about I... like the the bear hunt and mental toughness and like the approach and. You know, D-Rock and Kurt both had great questions. You know, um, you know what? Wh- how many states have you hunted, Clint? Oh, you know, I've never actually sat down. Um, Numbers are hard. Numbers are I, hard to count. Okay, yeah, I, I, I don't even know. I mean, <laughs> well, I've been, you know, like, uh, uh, I mean, over my way, like Pennsylvania and West Virginia, Kentucky, Ohio, um, Indiana, Illinois. Um, then you start going west, South Dakota, North Dakota, Kansas, Montana, Idaho, Colorado, New Mexico, Utah, uh, Missouri. I'm at 14. I'm at 14 right now. Um, been to Canada, Canada, Canada twice. Uh, man, I don't. I'm trying to think. I don't think I don't I don't think I'm missing anything. I'm I'm like I'm like trying to like picture I'm like trying to picture like the map right now and I'm like thinking in my head like okay oh Indiana Indiana um I think I'm pretty sure that's I don't think I don't think I missed any. I'm I'm pretty sure that's uh uh, I'm pretty sure that's all of them. I think. I think. I don't like think I've... It's like 16, I think. I mean, technically Canada's a country, United States, but, you know... Right, right, yeah, yeah. I've been uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan up there. Um, and then, yeah, it was, it was hard because, I mean, I've, I've done a ton of um, public land turkey stuff. Every spring, me and a buddy usually take off and, and go hit a couple different states. And so I was trying to, like break it down by like western stuff, deer stuff, turkey stuff, you know, bear stuff, but but yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's uh uh 
yeah, I, I guess I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, like a hunting state whore. I kind of get around, I guess you could say. Podcast what? Hunting state whore? Like weather? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. That's I feel fine. like a podcast whore, so. Hey, that, you hey, have to that, that called into the show. Exactly. I'm Everybody just, appreciates a good podcast tour, my man. My man, hey, Ron. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest, you know. The, hey, but, we, uh, appreci- we're, we're, we, we always appreciate you, honesty. Listen right? To where he's been, right? You just like, you like the sloppy seconds, huh? Hey, you know, you take what you can get sometimes. <laughs> you got to be a if team player. On podcast, you take what you can get. I'm pretty happy with that. We'll we'll be that podcast. <laughs> right. But uh, so whereabouts man. in Montana do you go? Because I mean, I used to live in Montana. I grew up there, so. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, I've hunted. I've hunted in around general. like Ennis. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I've hunted um, in and around like you know, like not far from from Bozeman and 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 Ennis. Um, and then I've hunted like the eastern side quite a bit. Um, so, you know, yeah, kind of like that whole stretch, I mean, you know, in and out, just different spots, um, different pieces of public and whatnot. Um, man, I've, that, uh, that, that Eastern Montana, there's just so many, so many muleys out there. And, and I actually shot my antelope out there last year. Um, and, uh, oh my gosh, I've never, I've never ran into so many stud antelope bucks in in one hunt i mean just that man they've just got some phenomenal phenomenal freaking uh bucks out there and then uh you know you get more into like the you know like the breaks area for elk and different things and and you know um just some great elk hunting across that state and there's you know there's certain pockets of, of muleys there and yeah i mean montana is is I got two you know really really good buddies that live there uh dan heverin and brian barney and um you know, I've always said I'm probably going to end up retiring out there and uh, Dude, being able to kick place. it with those guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's I love, absolutely love that state. I mean, I fell in love with it the very first time I went out and hunted bears with Brian a couple springs ago. I just, I've never felt more at home in a state than I did out there. I mean, I don't know, right. man. It's just like, it, that's just one of them states that I was just like, I just felt like it was created for me. And like that, that, that doesn't even like, a lot of people's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I can't even explain it because it's just hard. But, like, when I'm in that state, I just feel like I'm supposed to be there. Right. No, I feel you on that. I mean, I couldn't – I would not go back growing up there. But as far as hunting's concerned, yep. man, talk about being spoiled. Oh, I mean, yeah, pure sure. spoiled. Oh, there's yeah. just so much. There's just no so comparison. No, nope, there really isn't. Yeah. There, there truly really isn't. Yeah, I, uh, nope. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out this whole whitetail situation, but um, the I I missed me a muley. I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't gonna pretend there ain't a prettier deer out there to me than a than a nice muley. Oh, I'm, and, I'm uh, with you, dude. I'm I'm on a muley quest right bro. now, like no other. Mm. Yep, but, I've got a whole schedule of mule deer hunts lined up for this fall, my man. Like, I'm on a muley quest. Like, that is all I think about on a daily basis is those freaking floppy-eared, big, wide bastards. <laughs> I absolutely yes, love them. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I love it. And it's just, like, it's just a whole different world. Like, I came oh, out, yeah. I got out here, and the first time I, I was, like, just walking around the woods like I would back home. And, yeah, that's just. 
it's just apples and oranges the the way to go about it. And uh that was a Absolutely quite that was a hell of a learning curve. Well, yeah, my man, you'll have to make sure uh, you keep us in the loop this year on your deer season. We'll be looking forward to uh, seeing you behind a couple of them, my man. Yeah, Ron, hit us up on Instagram and stuff. We're we're pretty active there for sure, and Facebook too, obviously, because you're watching there. But I'm I'm going to move on here, make some room for some other callers and stuff, and and dive back in. Dude, thanks for freaking calling in. That means a ton to me, man. I appreciate that shit a lot. Cool deal. No, hell yeah. Dude, I appreciate y'all having me on. This was my first podcast and I appreciate y'all being easy with my virginity of it. So, you know, got it, man. Oh yeah. I'm not, you have a good I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie, Ron. This was your, this was your first virgin run. Next, next time I'm going to ride you a little harder. <laughs> I wouldn't expect no less. <laughs> my man. Have a good night, buddy. Yes, All right, buddy. I'll be good. You too, Ron. Take it easy. Dude, you're uh you're drumming up the calls, freaking Clint. Look at you go, buddy. Hey, I'll tell you what, man. They must uh they must either think you and I sound sexy together, or everyone's bored and has nothing better to do but listen to you and me. Either way, we'll take it. Yeah, you got a face for radio for sure. I mean, I can tell. <laughs> I don't know about Dude. a face. Maybe it's just a voice. <laughs> well, right. That's the, that's the joke of it, right? Hell yeah, I know. I knew you got it, but I thought I better explain it for everybody. <laughs> So what? Let's back up. What were you? What were you chatting about before we got the mountain of calls coming in? Dude, we were talking about just like your approach to, to how you go about it, and um, yeah, maybe let me back up a little bit. You know what I'm struggling with? Let me make this really. Let me make this really fucking selfish. You know what I'm struggling with is you just listed off 15 to 16 different places that you've hunted geographically, different states, countries, etc. Um, I've hunted Wisconsin. Yep. That's it. How do I how do I bridge yep. that gap, man? How do you how do you um where do you start, man? Like where do you start to get out of state tags, licenses, scouting, yep. you know, airfare, driving, packing? Dude, it's a freaking topic that I'm going to deal with because that's who I am, but oh, I'm yeah. not there right now yep. and it's frustrating me a little bit. You talk about opportunities, look at all the opportunities you have because you're hunting all over the place, you know? One state might have a longer yeah. season, oh, yeah. different season, like all right, I'll let you I'll yep. let you answer the the call. Absolutely. No, I mean, that's a, um, that's a great question. And I'm actually working on an article right now. Um, can't, can't really tell you when it's going to drop. Um, but I'm, I'm working with, um, you know, I'm working on putting together kind of a, almost like a, uh, it's going to be an article, but then I'm going to have like a, um, a video segment to go with it. Um, just kind of about how to prepare for like an adventure hunt as far as, you know, like, like, what I pack, what I bring, um, you know, covering the, 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 you know, the, the airplane stuff, um, you know, and then, you know, where it all started for me was, is I literally got tired of just hunting deer and turkey here in Ohio. I'm like, I, I need more. I want to make my bow season last longer. And the easiest way to do that is start hunting states that open up in August. So I started looking into out west stuff. I can hunt antelope August 1st. I can hunt mule deer August 15th. I can hunt et cetera, et cetera. And that's where, for me, I started diving into the big pond, that I like to call it, of adventure bow hunting. And and it's a big pond that you've got to break down into segments. Um, you know, what I would suggest for a guy like you or anyone listening who wants to get into hunting another state is I would start, you know, start yourself off small. 
uh, you live in Wisconsin. So let's not plan a trip for you to go clear to New Mexico next year. Maybe it's you're going to travel and hunt whitetails during the rut on public in Ohio. You're going to travel a couple states away or maybe just one state away. You're going to go to, you know, pick a state around you you're going to go to. From there, so it's like Minnesota, it's about, right? Let's try that. Or Michigan yeah, or something, okay, right? Okay. All right, yeah. So let's say you're going to go to Minnesota. What I would do come winter time to first of the year is I would start picking apart that state, looking at, you know, your state record logs as far as, okay, which area is producing deer? Where, you know, let's start with deer numbers. Where is the best odds for me to get into deer? You're probably going to be hunting public land unless you can find some private, which not saying you can't or can't, but most people that hunt out of state, they're going to hunt public. I mean, that's typically what I'm hunting yep. 99% of the anyway. time. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to, I'm going to start looking at, okay, where are the deer numbers in the state of Minnesota? If I'm you, my next thing is going to look at the, at the record books on, okay, where are the big bucks coming from in that state? And, and now I'm going to start to correlate the circles of good deer population with good numbers. And I'm going to start circling whether it's the state's broken down into units or the state's broken down into sections. Um, a lot of the out West, you know, everyone talks about different units in Colorado, different units in Montana. However they break the state down, you want to start to look at the different individual spots of public land on these different sections of the state that are going to pique your interest with good deer numbers plus good genetics. From there, it's going to then be a matter of you actually saying, okay, I'm going to start picking these spots apart, you know, on Google Earth. Or I, I, I use Onyx Hunt like it's going out of style. I mean, I literally yep, live yep. I, I live on Go Hunt. I live on Onyx. And both those, um, Eastman's Hunting Journal has the MRS section for, for the Out West guys where, you know, um, Guy and, and, and Ike Eastman and, and Brian Barney and all those guys, they, they literally break states down out west. Um, unit by unit, state by state, and they give you, you know, an entire graph of information to help you narrow down. And that's kind of what you're going to do if you wanted to go hunt. Like I said, we're, we're talking about, you know, speaking of Minnesota, that's that's the state we picked for you. You're, you're just going to have to, you know, break that state down into small little pieces. Um, it's a big picture when you look at it, but when you start to break a state down, it's honestly not that bad because you're you're going to start to cancel out, okay, the northeast section of the state. It has nothing to behold to me. I'm not even going to look at it. We're going to exit off. Okay, the southwest portion of the state does not have anything that looks appealing to me. We're going to exit off. So now you're down to two sections of the state. Well, then, well, you know, the, the northeast corner looks like it's the best. Uh, it's it's got the some timber mixed in with some farm ground. I like to hunt that. That looks good to me. Okay, I'm going to focus my efforts on these five or six areas that are here. Then you're going to break those areas down into okay, that's 12 different public land units. Now, let's see how easy is it to access these. Um, do I feel like people's going to be able to get into them easy? Do I feel like there's a lot, is there a lot of road access? And then you just start to break each spot you take down. A, yeah, you take that same process for the in-state hunts that you yeah. do, right? Yep. And, but you apply yep. it. Yep. And I don't know why. It's such a weird mental thing to think about a different state. I don't know if it's because of, like, yep. room and board or well, just I, unknown. I think, but that's adventure. I, and I, thank yeah, you for breaking I, it down, man. I think, uh, I think people, including myself, I think they look at the big picture and they get almost – 
overwhelmed with anxiety because the big picture is the huge pond. But when you break it down into the little micro ponds, you figure out where the good fishing hole is. I mean, but when you, when you look at it, you know, that's the term, right? Yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, like for me, um, I think you'll find that once you start to do this, you'll get hooked on that process. Like I love tag season. I love December and January when I'm researching units, I'm looking to see what tags I'm going to apply for because every state's different. You know, um, when you start getting into draw, draw hunts, like uh, out West, you know, you got to apply to draw a tag in certain units versus some states have over the counter stuff like Idaho where Colorado, like this year I had to cash in four points to draw the mule deer unit I wanted. So every state's a little bit different, but as you do it year to year, when I started, I started like when I branched off whitetail hunting, it was Pennsylvania and Kentucky. Those were the two states I branched off into. They, they were a couple hours away. I could hunt them on the weekends. Um, Pennsylvania, you cannot hunt Sunday. So I'd have to kind of tailor fit a Friday into a Saturday hunt because that way I got at least a day and a half or two days. Kentucky, you can hunt Sundays, so I could leave on a Thursday, hunt Friday, Saturday, Sunday, drive home in four hours, still make it to work in the morning. I started branching off, hunting public, kind of getting my feet wet close to home because it is scary to think about, like, for example, here in six weeks when I leave for Colorado, it's 29 and 29 hours and 17 minutes. I know I'm a psycho. I've already got this down to the minutes. 29 <laughs> hours and 17 minutes to the trailhead that I'm going to land at, park my truck, and hike in from, that's how far it is. And, and that's overwhelming because you're leaving your comforts of home. I'm leaving my kids. I'm leaving, I, I'm leaving everything yep, yep. To, to, to go live there for potentially up to two weeks, depending on how long it takes me to get it done. I'm not coming home until I get that tag punched. Um, it, it is. It's overwhelming. But if you start small and you start getting your feet wet, and I would suggest for people – you know, go on an out-of-state turkey hunt. Go on an out-of-state whitetail hunt. If you're a Midwest guy, just hunt another state on public. Get your feet wet. Get comfortable with learning how to dissect a map, how to use Onyx, how to use Go Hunt. Um, you know, get comfortable with that. And then every year, start adding another state to your list. You know, okay, I've branched off a few times. I've hunted some public for whitetails. You know what? I'd like to go to the Dakotas maybe and chase mule deer around or you know what? I'd kind of like to go to Montana and chase antelope. You've already got your feet wet. You kind of know the process. Maybe you've flown on a plane with your bow a couple times now, or maybe you've drove. You kind of got a system down. Now you're going to branch a little further from home. You know, um, I think it's easier to transition that way into these adventure hunts than it is to go from Maryland clear to Colorado on your first out-of-state hunt and drive 40 hours, and you're by yourself. And, I mean, that dude, that's a lot. I mean, that, that is like, you are throwing, you're throwing so much on your plate at one time. Um, you know, that is going to be overwhelming for, I don't care how mentally tough you are, how good of a bow hunter you are, how big of a Billy badass you are. That is going to be overwhelming from start to finish. Like I don't suggest doing it that way. I like getting your feet wet, little baby steps here and there. I think the process you'll enjoy more. I think you'll 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 really um, enjoy the process of of finding spots. Like like I said, I mean I I get pumped when I start looking at maps and I start dissecting what units I'm going to break down and what states. Like this year, for example, just a quick rundown. I did Montana in May. I got Colorado muleys in August. I got Idaho elk in September. I got um, Utah, I drew a really good um, 
later on hunt um, in the middle of October for muleys in Utah. And then November, I'll be back to hunt the, the mule deer rut in November in Idaho. And then Arizona for coos deer slash muleys and javelina in January. And people are like, how in the hell did you break all that down? But it's, it's just, it's a, it's a system of, I've gotten to the point where I love it. I mean, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy the, the, I call it, well, I'm not the only one that calls it. A lot of people call it e-scouting, but people hear me talk about e-scouting when you're using, you know, like the internet or online journals or your, you know, go hunt on X, you know, et cetera. Um, you're e-scouting on literally on Google earth, on your computer, on your phone, uh, it's, it's fun. I mean, and I think you'll see once you start doing that, I, I, you know, just from the little we've talked and, and, and what I know about you, I really think you'll dig into that and you'll love it. Um, it's part of the process. I think you're right, man. I think you're right. It's fun, man. Well, real, real quick. So uh, the hard thing about doing a call-in show is I, I got I feel like, a, you know, the interrupting fucking cow here, but we got one other caller calling in, uh, oh, yeah. he says oh, his yeah, name, Seymour Fuck. But I know who he is. And, uh, hey, Seymour, you're live on the Where to Hunt podcast. What's up? Just been on hold for fucking 25 minutes for a fucking sticker. And now I'm on? <laughs> it was 11 minutes, you <laughs> son of a bitch. You talking about? You got to learn to too, man. You guys really hey, slow porn. You really slow porn hope down when you're on hold that long. You know that? Hell yeah. <laughs> Shout out like, to all the porn damn. up girls. All the shit and talk about uh, dwarfs, big floppy ears, virgins, first time, and then you put a guy on hold with that kind of talk. Hot damn. Hey, well, look, at, you it. made it, man. We got to keep you in demand. I, you know, we got we to make sure people want this. You hold I for 11 minutes. You must want to be here. Oh, I had my shirt off. I had my nipple pressed against my phone screen to just, I was hard, man. You were I can feel it. Hey, I can feel, is, I can, I can feel that sense of urgency right through your nipple into my ears, my man. I can feel it. No homo. Got, no homo. <laughs> Jeff Yankee on the show with the Huntland podcast. Jeff, what's up, man? Nothing. I'm just calling in here to get some tips on how I can harvest my first buck this year. Shut the front door. Oh. You got more bucks in your freaking walls than I know what to do with. <laughs> I had Maybe your fifty first buck. No. They're all numbers though. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I had to call because you know what? I've listened to Clint all these different podcast platforms. This guy's got more fucking energy than the energizer bunny. He just goes, goes, goes. He breeds confidence. He believes the shit that he talks. And that's what leads to success is when you're just a fucking nut job, passion-filled person that can't get enough of it, and it drives you to an entire another level to help others. So, Clint, Shabin to you, baby. You're getting it done, and you're helping the industry and helping a lot of people have success and make memories. So my hat's tipped off to you, brother. Well, well, hey, my man, I don't know if your goal there was to, to get my panties off or not, but, boy, you fucking succeeded in that with all those kind Whoa. words. I can't, uh, I can't, uh, I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough, my man. I, uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I, uh, I get started talking on this stuff, man, and, and, and I can't, uh, I can't wipe a smile off, and I really honestly can't, you know, not be pumped about it because if I'm talking about bow hunting and I'm talking about, you know, adventure hunting and, and, and I'm with good people and we're having, you know, a good conversation. I mean, it's, it's, it's just something I live for, you know, it's, it's part of the whole, the whole gig, man. It's what's fun about 
doing podcasts and being a writer and, and doing this kind of stuff is I feel like I get to kind of give back, you know, to people that are supporting me. And that's why I do it. You know, I mean, I, I honestly do it to try to teach and help. And if I can take one guy this year that, you know, emails me or direct message me and goes, dude, I listened to some of your stuff. Um, shot my first buck this year, man, because I, I, I did this and I didn't quit and, and blah, 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 you know, and, and you, you really helped me. Honestly, dude, like you can throw everything else throughout the whole year that's happened to me out the window for my own success because I feel like I accomplished more by helping somebody else achieve a goal. Like that'll mean more to me than, than me going out and killing an elk or killing a mule deer or whatever because I've already been there. I've got to experience that stuff. And there's a lot of guys out there that are, that are, they're chasing that first time or that first experience or, you know, man, Hey, I never wanted to venture out of my state, but I heard you on a podcast and dude, I'm in Idaho right now. I'm in Idaho right now, elk hunting and I freaking love it. I'm going to do this every year. Thanks. Like that's the kind of shit that really honestly gets me going is it's just, you know, if I can share my passion and explain to people how awesome hunting and, and bow hunting and adventure hunting is, and it gets just one person into it this year, I feel like I did more by doing that. You know, I feel like I accomplished more by doing that than I ever will by anything that I get to get to harvest myself. So hell yeah, man, that's off, dude. I really, I really appreciate you calling in and, uh, you know, fuck yeah, man. I appreciate the support from everybody. Uh, you know, no matter who it is or, you know, how big, how small, how you got to fucking surround yourself with like-minded people, you know, and it just takes you to an entire another level. I mean, I was fortunate to, yep. you know, hunt and learn from a lot of good people in this industry. And it's like, you know what? Just because you might not be sharing a tree stand or something, you got to fucking share that knowledge. And if it's marking up maps or sitting there talking to somebody on the phone, just remember that shit keeps getting passed on to another generation. And that's exactly what people need to remember. Yep. Oh, but yeah, I'm a fucking, when it comes to it, I'm just a tactic nut. So, you know, I've got to pick your brain a little bit on this. Hell so. yeah, man. Hell All yeah. right, man. When it comes, well, everything I do revolves around bedding. Okay, so what's your number one thing you're looking for, and what kind of country are you hunting off first? Are you getting the farm, the egg, uh, hill country? What do you uh, sport in early season? So yeah, so um, so early on, man, I like working from you know the the outside in. Um, I don't typically go in you know real deep uh, summertime stuff, man. I do a ton of I, I'm I'm behind the Maven the Maven optics and the Maven glass all the time. Um, I'm lucky I got a lot of egg around, but even even big wood stuff where glassing's not going to be effective, like trail cameras so you're, and different things, big- man. Big woods and egg country, that's what you have. You're not, you're pretty flat when it comes to topple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, here in Ohio, I mean, where I'm at, there's, there's not a ton of elevation gain or loss. I mean, it's a lot of rolling farm country. So, I mean, you know, I'm able to watch a lot of deer in ag fields and stuff and, and, and kind of see what's around. But there, there are pieces that I have where it's just big woods and there's not a lot of egg around me. So I've got kind of two different strategies there. As far as, you know, like the, obviously I can glass, you know, like right now, bean fields, alfalfa, clover. I mean, that's the ticket right now to finding all your local deer. But there's some farms where I don't have that. So, you know, I'll go and throw cameras up in May or June, you know, that, that might be in a really good saddle or in a good funnel or a good Creek crossing a spot that I can leave my camera up for a month, month and a half, and then come back in and look and see and, and, 
And then, like, the farm country stuff, you know, I've got cameras along field edges where I can go in, slip in, slip out, not alert deer, not get detected. You know, obviously, I, I'm, you know, everyone knows I'm a huge wind guy, and I'm going to be cautious about when I go in to check a camera based off the wind. But as long as i got a good wind to go in, I can go in and check it. You know, Are you going in and finding have... all the beds? You know, honestly, like, for me, early season, when it comes to beds and stuff, I typically don't get too – too locked in on bedding areas until I start in on that like October, mid to October heading towards the pre-rut type stuff. And only because for me, I found that the edges really can produce if you're hunting, you know, deer that aren't super pressured. So I don't typically dive in, but I will say though, there have been a few instances where I've had bucks start to kind of lock up on me and stage up back in around bedding and I've had to dive in because my cameras or my own personal sightings just weren't showing that these bucks were going to actually move to me and get to these edges. So I had to dive in. Yep. Yep. And I mean, you know, and, and there's, there's a lot, there's so many different features that you can key in on. I mean, when oaks start dropping, when crab apples are getting ripe, I mean, you know, there's a million different tucked away food sources that are back tighter and closer to bedding. And then sometimes you just get those old stubborn bucks that they literally, they just don't like to move off those beds until it's freaking dark and you have no choice yep. to move, to move in tight to them. And I like to, you know, I'm a, I'm a particular buck type of guy. I love to pick out a buck or two every year. Those are my target bucks. And I like to play the, I'm only going to hunt this buck or that buck game. I mean, that's just a, I've fallen in love with that cat and mouse game in October is my favorite freaking time of the year to kill a big one because he can be patterned. I don't believe in the October law. I, that's no, to me, me that's all that's, that's total lazy bullshit excuse to not hunt and go watch football no. games. I love, I love football. I re- I'm a gigantic Oklahoma Sooners fan. I know I live in Ohio and all the Ohio people right now are rolling their eyes, but fucking boomer sooner all the way. I will record those games and watch them when I get home. In October, my ass is in a tree, especially on those red, especially on those red moon nights or nights when those fronts are coming in and coming out. In October, man, that is my ticket. I love that month. You you give me one month to kill a specific buck, I'm taking October hands down over any other month because you can pattern and kill a buck in October if you do it the right way. So the hashtag. Um, what time do you? What time? Uh, or what do you? open what's your opening open season date so down there we're we're always the last saturday in september some years that falls on september 24th some years that falls on like i think this year it's the 29th so we always get a few days at least in september to hunt um see like with ours i hunt in wisconsin and minnesota a lot and both of those are september 15th openers and i've had a yep. tremendous shit ton of luck when they're still on that pattern from bed to food, oh, yeah. if I can find and I do the yep. same thing you do, sit there, observe, get a pattern going. It's like, yep. okay, well, the fucking normal yep. bedding is going to be off this point. That's where they are on that wind, hands down, you yep. know, and set up and only hunt it when it's the right wind. I think everybody makes that fucking mistake of, oh, it's the wrong wind, and then hunt it. And guess what? That buck yep. was never there, so you burnt it and stunk it up, and he's not even there. But when you were talking about your – more farm country bedding and shit like that and where you hunt, I think that's some yep. of the hardest shit out there. Everybody's preaching about hill country and other on the bed, the top third, lower third, yep. on the point yep. or whatever. But 
you know, that bedding is fucking everywhere, and it can be because all that food is coming in, beans at different times, corn at different times, and yep. until they're pressured, yep. and then start acting yep. like a dumbass and wandering around, you know, for the <laughs> rut and chasing shit. It's it that's a damn hard type of terrain to to cut your teeth on. Yeah, and that's that's why I don't dive in until I kind of have a zone that's for sure he's staying in because in farm country. I mean, I've 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 watched, you know, I've watched giants get up out of a a, a fence row that's a hundred yards oh, yeah. long, ten yards wide, and literally that son of a bitch was in there all day or multiple days. That's where he was betting a fence row. Yep. I mean, you in know, fixed shit uh, with uh, the wind uh, blowing to yeah. the back. Yep. Eyeballs over yeah, the open. And, yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, um, I I tell guys all the time, and I preach this stuff, and I mean, all my buddies here at home if they're tuned in or I mean they hear me talk about this and I'm sure they're laughing and 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 whatnot but I mean I I keep a <laughs> it's like I'm fucking back in school for homework but I keep a fucking journal haters? <laughs> yeah I keep a I keep a journal of, of every daylight picture yeah yeah a journal of haters <laughs> the hit list, I keep a, the hit list. Be careful. that's right hit list, that's right that's right no homo no homo a, <laughs> I keep a journal um of of every so so every daylight buck picture or every every buck picture that is close within five minutes to daylight or 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 closer to daylight or in daylight, I'm marking down on every one of those pictures. You know the wind direction, the time, the moon phase, and you'll see a pattern start to form. And and I can't stress enough to people. Everybody wants to hunt a wind that's right for them. And and that is so ass backwards because oh, every one yeah. of these bucks, every one of these bucks has a wind for every spot that they bed in that they prefer to move on. And that's why they're bedded there. If that wind is not in that direction, they won't be there. They will bed no. somewhere different. And yep. I feel like there's a lot of people that they get lost in the shuffle when I talk about this because they, they don't truly understand until they really sit down and think about it, what I'm talking about. But when you start hunting a, a wind that's good for your specific buck versus the wind that's good for you, you will start to see more mature bucks and you'll start to get more encounters with mature bucks because there is a gigantic difference between what is right for you and what is right for them. And you have to run on the side of complete, utter fucking disaster when you're hunting a wind that's right for them, because chances are that wind will not be right for you, but you've got to be jumping off make wind. It work. Yep. Yep. I mean, and, and, and I call, I call it quartering a wind and I've written articles yeah. about this, about how, about how you've got to quarter that wind to where it's, I mean, you, there's times where I'm on pins and needles when deer are coming in. Cause I know I am splitting the wind with a fine freaking comb on yeah, what's like ten good for fucking, me, what's good for yards, them. Yeah, like 10 yards, 5 yards, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yep. And, I mean, and, and that's why, you know, um, I, you know, I, I'm a, I've already talked about it, but, I mean, I'm a huge mobile tree stand guy. Um, the Lone Wolf custom gear setups, man, yep. with Cody and Andre, yep. I mean, those are game changers. And I have guys say all the time, dude, Man, like I know you love that shit, but you're probably getting it for free. I gotta pay money. I'm like, listen, listen. You don't need ten of these stands. You need one. No. You need one yep. mobile yep. unit. And look at it as a tool. It is a tool. You're gonna take that with you. Like, you know, 
A mason has his tools he needs every day. A carpenter's got his tools he needs every day. A professional golfer's got his tools he needs every day. If you're going to be a mobile tree stand guy, especially farm country where every day is different based off the wind on where a buck's going to live, you need that tool with you to hang and bang today here, hang and bang tomorrow there. I mean, it's a it's a mobile tree stand game in today's and, world, especially with guys that are hunting public because, you know, public used to be like a secret little gem. Nowadays, it's not. So, I mean, you know, you've no. got to be able to move with deer, get away from people, figure out these spots that aren't getting pressured or spots that are overlooked that people are walking by, like – you, you you know, the days of setting 15 or 20 stand setups up and just hunting those and just making it work, man, that's, that's old technology. You don't need to, you don't need 20 lock on stands. Like when I was, by, and, by the way, ago, and by the way, I will add a shameless plug that there's an app called the where to hunt app to show you where other hunters are. So you can stay the fuck away from each other. Yeah. <laughs> just throw, yeah, just throwing that saying. out. That, that's, yeah. I mean, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, there's, there is so much to be said about the guy that's mobile and can change shit on the fly, um, especially when you're, you know, I kind of got off on a tangent because of the wind, but I was just thinking back to last year, the night I killed my buck, um, three days prior to that, you know, the wind was bad, and I literally had to get down, change trees, go 50 yards on the other side of a trail, and get set back up again, and 15 minutes later I'm back in the game because the wind shifted. And I mean, with a regular setup, dude, that would have taken me two hours to rip that shit down, move it over. You're sweating. It's the, it's, you know, the, the rut's kicking, like time is valuable. You don't have time to be doing that shit, but if you can rip something down quick, simple, move it and be back in the game in 15 minutes, like, dude, that is a huge key to my success. Um, especially hunt the fucking conditions. Hunt the conditions yeah. that you got, you know, thermals change all day long. So you got to yep, be more. Yep. And, and thanks for, thanks. I'm going to, I'm going to move us along. Jeff, thanks for calling in, man. Hell yeah. Team I appreciate night. it, my man. Take looking care, forward to seeing, luck, looking forward what? to seeing what you drop this year, my man. All right. Thanks, man. Send some shit over. We'll uh, mark it up for you. Hell yeah. Later, boys. Dude, we could talk till two in the morning, and I bet you we'd have people freaking watch until two in the morning. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude, that's awesome, my man. That's one way to do it. I guess we could, I could do that one of these damn days. But dude, let's let's hear about. Now you've had time to think about it. So if you don't have one, I'm gonna gut punch you over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> What's your most memorable hunt, Clint? So, if I had to break it down to. Like, I mean, there's, there's been so many awesome moments that I've got to share with family and friends and, and, and deer recoveries and turkey hunts and just different, you know, different avenues. Um, and we talked about this before we started the podcast and I, I've, I've been kind of thinking about it. And I mean, I really honestly think the game changer for me, as far as a moment in time where I really sat back and thought, wow, this is something that I'm never going to, I'm never going to forget. Um, it's a hunt that I didn't even kill anything. Um, it is the first the time, second time I've I heard went, it on the show, dude, this is yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, I'll let you go on, but yeah, thank you. First time I went to Colorado solo by myself. Um, 
parked at the trailhead. I had uh, a 12-and-a-half-mile pack-in, got into camp. took me about five hours to get packed in, um, was camping at, like, 13,000 feet, was going to hunt in around 13, 14,000. And, and I remember getting set up that night, and I thought, okay, I'm going to climb to this top, um, the, the top of this, this big, uh, this big saddle, um, that was kind of like off and back behind me. It was kind of close to camp, but I'm like, you know, if I can get up there to the high point of that saddle, um, it'll be a good glassing point. I can glass both sides of the saddle. And, um, I remember getting up there about an hour before dark and, you know, I'm 13, 12, 13 miles back in the Colorado back country in the high country. It's the end of August. Um, and I remember you know, muleys are coming out and, and elk coming out and, and, you know, there's, there's, everything's coming out right before dark and feeding. And I just remember sitting there thinking to myself, like, man, you know, like I'm from Ohio, but I'm about to live back here for God only knows how many days by myself. Like, man, I'm really, I'm really doing something here. And, and, and it wasn't a pat on the back, like, you know, oh, you're you're a badass because you're out here doing this. But it was a uh, 15, 20 years ago. I just never would have guessed I'd have been in that moment. And and the hunting community and the, and and the hunting world that I'm in with the writing and the podcast and just the different people I've met and and the 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 whole deal has brought me to this point where I'm sitting on top of this saddle at about thirteen thousand five hundred feet, not a soul around. I mean. I'm glassing and watching these freaking muley bucks feed, elk come out and feed. And I remember walking back under the stars that night, heading back to camp. I stayed till it was pitch black. And I remember flipping my headlight on and, and heading back down the mountain. You know, I had to drop an elevation about a thousand feet to get to camp. And I just remember thinking, man, I'm doing something right now that the average guy will never do. The average, I'm yep, seeing yep. stuff that the average person's never going to see. And literally it's, it's like, it, it was, it was breathtaking to me to be able to take in that moment and be like, man, like this, like, like hunting has led you to this right here, this, this moment, this time in, in present day. And it was gratifying to kind of know that like I was back there on my own and, and I had the skill set and the mindset to be able to live back there. And that was like the adventure ahead of me. And it was just one of those moments where I was just like, you know, bow hunting has shaped me as a person. Like, and people will be like, oh God, you know, let's not get, let's, let's not go into <laughs> psycho mode here. But, but, but honestly, as a dad, um, as just a person in general, bow hunting has made me the passionate, driven, ad adventurous, patient person that I am when it comes to all aspects of life. And, and at that moment right there, I honestly remember sitting there being like without adventure bow hunting and, and just without bow hunting in general, like you would not be here and you wouldn't be experiencing this and, and you wouldn't have the skill set that I've got right now without doing this kind of stuff. And it was just one of the moments that I'll never forget because it was like a, okay, it was like the, you know, it was the night before season, season opened the next day. And, and, you know, I just got into camp and I'm sitting up there and I'm just, I'm, I'm taking this whole big picture in and I'm trying to break it down. And in my head, I'm just like, dude, 
this is freaking awesome. Like you've you've somehow made it here from small town USA, Ohio, and you're gonna live back here like a freaking hermit and grind it out and try <laughs> to kill a mule deer buck with your bow. And I don't know, man. It was just you know that was uh, four years ago. It was a moment. And at it was that a point, moment, huh? Yep. Yep, and and at that point in time, I was still really digging and grinding, trying to get my name out there with the writing. Um, right out of college, I gave myself ten years. I said, I'm gonna go big or go home. I'm gonna put every ounce of energy, every spare dollar into tags and gear and different things, and and I'm gonna try to make it. I wanted to be a you know I wanted to be a full time bow hunting writer. I mean, I wanted to say, I'm writing for a magazine full time every issue, call it home base. Um, and I am, I'm freaking blessed, man, to write for, for Peterson's bow hunting full time. I'm blessed to do freelance work for Eastman's hunting, you know, Eastman's hunting journal, Eastman's bow hunting journal, deer and deer hunting, you know, bow hunter, um, a ton of different online what stuff. What a gift I mean, though too, man. And, and, and it sounds like you went to school my for dream, it too, but man. like writing is not a strong suit of mine at all. Ask my wife, she's a teacher. She, she corrects a lot of my grammar for things like the where to hunt podcasts and posts and things like that and you know my my i have the gift of gab this is why i, I turn to audio and, and i'm trying to do the same with what i'm doing but dude it's so cool to to hear that it, it doesn't happen overnight dude it's a fucking grind no and you have to be oh, dedicated no. nope. you know? nope. and, 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 yeah, and eventually I'll... dude you got to stick with it though too man like you have and yep. look at where you're at you know four years ago um yeah and what, and, what you know, i'll be the you know? first I'll be the first person to, you know, to admit, um, I mean, dude, I've, I've been close to broke twice, you know, like not, not broke, not broke to where I couldn't live or survive, but, but broke to where in my head, I'm starting to be like, all right, man, like the next, you know, like when's payday? Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, you know, just at the, like, like at the point where I gave myself a 10 year limit. And all my friends and family, like, they've, they've always known this. When I turned 20 and I was in college and I'm, I'm going to get my degree and stuff, and I told, you know, since I was little, I've been, I've been buying hunting magazines, and I can remember making my dad take me to get, to get magazines and get stuff when I was five, six years old, just barely able to even freaking, you know, read. Um, and I used to, you know, they always joke because they're like, man, when you were little, you'd sit at the dinner table after you ate and just freaking read Peterson's bow hunting or deer and deer hunting or, or whatever the, you know, outdoor life field and stream cover to cover. And you'd always say, I'm going to be in these one of these days. Someday you guys are going to read. And it's like, I've always had that in the back of my mind. And, and around the time I graduated high school and got into college, I really gravitated towards, man, I think I can do this. I, I really think I can do it. And, and I, I set a, I set a timeline. I said, okay, from 20 to 30, I'm going all in. I'm going to go all in. And I, I'm, I mean, I still, I, I'm still farming. I still work for the county highway engineer department full time, but I'm going to go all in with every extra ounce that I have and really try to to make this happen. And you know, it's it's one of those things where it, I was close a couple times to to throwing it in because I'm just like, man, it's just maybe I need to just go back to hunting and 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 just just do that and not try to to keep making it in the Tough, industry. Man. Yep. But but there was just always that little bit in me that was like, nope, man, you said 30, 30 is the cutoff. You got to take it till 30 and, uh, turned 30 last November, November 6th. And I mean, honestly, I can say in the last two years, it's been a huge life changing deal for me, you know, just with the industry and the writing. And I mean, you know, there's 
so many different platforms that I've jumped on and been able to make great friends and, and, and help me along well, the way. Well, you know I mean, you've made it when you're on the Where to Hunt podcast. <laughs> well, that's absolutely Where to Hunt podcast. And, you know, like, I uh, mean, my, you know, Kurt, Kurt and all, yeah, you man. know, all the dudes like working class bow hunter, man. I mean, I, there's just so many good guys out there that I've met and, and yeah. have helped me get to where I need to be. And it's like, you know, I could go on for an hour thanking people and, and, and whatnot, but yeah, man, just, I mean, even just like working class bow hunter, dude, like, I mean, what, you know, the platform that they've allowed me to come on and, and be able to, you know, do the camo collar blog for them and, and do podcasts with them and, and go to the shows with them. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's freaking awesome, man, uh, to be able to do what I do. And it's taken me, you know, the better part of 10 years to, to, to get there, but so worth it, man. I mean, so worth it to, uh, be able to give back and be able to write and, and podcast and, and do like what I'm doing with you tonight. I mean, I just, I love when I love hearing guys call in and, and, you know, Oh man, we love your energy. And, you know, we, we, we love reading your stuff. We love to hear you, you know, hear you talk on the podcast and, you know, man, we're, we're super pumped about the season. Like if I can motivate people to get pumped about something, like that's better to me, like I said earlier than me going out and killing something. I mean, I've, I've already been there and done that. Like, I've lived in those moments, but if I can get other people to get in those moments that I've been in, that's truly why I'm doing what I'm doing. I I, I want everybody to be able to like, I always say, I wish people could have, could walk in my shoes and see what I've Mm -hmm. seen over the last 10 or 15 years. Like I I truly wish I could take everybody with me on some of the hunts I've been on and seen and experienced what I've experienced because it would be life changing for so many people because it was life changing for me. I mean, it, it really truly was that Colorado hunt changed me as a person like as crazy as that sounds when i left that hunt didn't fill a bully tag but i left that hunt like a better person because of those mountains i was in for nine days and it's just like that stuck with me as probably like one of the most memorable experiences hunting wise of like my life dude i dig it man Uh, and and it gives me not that i don't need the believe me i don't need the ambition motivation but you know, for me, it's problem solving. How do I figure out some of these things? And I can't wait to find myself in a similar situation. To me, I believe it's going to be Montana that does that for me. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I feel like the state's literally calling me. In Colorado, might be one of those oh, states yeah. too, to be honest. And I just, oh, for sure. Um, oh, yeah. And it's, Everywhere's a it's picture. good to hear that. Everywhere in Colorado is a picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Maybe with a stoner, but I don't know. Maybe with a mountain. <laughs> oh yeah dude every everywhere's a picture up in the high country my man yeah it'll it'll it's gonna be fun too i'm pumped to uh i'm pumped to just see that progression and, and kind of you know hear your take on you know experience in some of this different this different states and different places and different things and it's gonna be cool to um you know be able to kind of you know uh kind of relive these moments through you you know just because i remember the first time i left home and, and went to you know, Kentucky and Pennsylvania. And, and it wasn't a, a huge deal because it was only one state away. But to me, it was a huge freaking deal because I'm like, never hunted here. I'm on my own. I'm on public. Yep. I'm, I'm using, yeah, a con- yeah. you know, hell, the, I can remember using a kayak in Pennsylvania to get down this river system to get to this one really good spot. I wanted to hunt on public because I didn't think many people in the dead of winter would want to be kayaking in 10 degree water like an idiot like me and I, I mean just just stuff like that i think back about it, i'm just like i was so jacked to get in that kayak and go down that creek and 
and realistically, like, I wasn't thinking about, you know, well, what if you hit a deadfall under the water you don't see and you flip your kayak and you die of hypothermia back there? You know what I mean? But at the time, it was like... It's a it was, thrill of so adventure, man. The, I'm right oh, there with man. you on that shit. For sure. And, and my wife would kill me for that kind of stuff now, but, you know, it's also part of who I am. It's what she loves and it's about me probably, yep. but, you know... Dude, thanks Absolutely. so much for being on the show. It, it means it means so much to me. Like I say every time I get a guest, I just I can't believe people are willing to spend their time talking to some goofball like me out of Wisconsin. But it, I'm happy you were able to connect with some of the callers. We got to hear from some some great guys, you know, Kurt and D Rock and Ron and and Jeff and AKA Seymour. Um, dude, it means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, my man. And speaking of um, Kurt and just you know, with him with Working Class Bowhunter, um you know, they got a, a gig going on right now. I know I've talked about the Lone Wolf custom gear stuff. Um, I know, uh, yep. if you punch in the, the code WCB right now on stands, you're getting a percentage off. And if you use undercover 50 for the cameras, which those undercover trail cameras, man, I'm, well, I'm getting ready to do a big Instagram, like not a takeover, but sort of like a takeover type of deal about those cameras and that stand setup and how I'm using them. And I've been testing them. I'm, I've been, you know, I've, I've had them for a while now, and um, I really want to go over my method of why I'm using them and, and, and why they work and, and why they're worth people's hard-earned money and investments in. But, uh, yeah, man, use those codes. Check that stuff out. If you're skeptical, I'm going to have some stuff coming down the pipe on Instagram. Casper Clint, look me up. Facebook, Clint Casper. I'm going to have some stuff on, on all that gear. Um, and as season, you know, creeps up closer and closer, I'm going to have more and more gear related stuff on my Western setups and what I'm taking and probably going to do cool. a Kafaru bag, probably going to do my Kafaru hoodlum bag dump, um, basically dump everything out of my pack for that Colorado hunt. And, uh, yeah, my man, um, like I said, love giving back, love being on the, the, the podcast platforms, pumped I got to come on and, uh, bullshit with you and, and everybody that called in everybody listening uh you know i'll speak for you and i both we support the hell out of you and 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 we uh we love the support as well so uh yeah man pumped to be here super uh i'll be jacked to get back on hopefully it's after uh i stick about 195 inch freaking uh four by five in colorado still in full velvet that's, that's then you'll be uh, making your rounds again talking about your your next memorable hunt <laughs> i appreciate that shit for sure <laughs> well that's i mean it's always nice to have a plan, and that would be nice if the plan went like that. So, you know, we'll see. <laughs> awesome, man. Dude, I appreciate it a whole bunch. I'm going to go ahead and end the live stream. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Much, uh, much tip of the week. So the tip of the week this week is just kind of learning a little bit from all what we talked about with Clint. And... I made a pretty selfish request as far as the question goes to talk about how to get out of the state that I hunt and hunt more and expand my horizons. And um, you know, you can't boil the ocean, right? And I think that taking this subtle kind of approach of, first of all, pick the pick a nearby state, pick something close to just kind of get your feet wet. And um, it's not such an obstacle to overcome. I will add, though, I'm the kind of idiot that will bite off more than he can chew and chew it anyways. So for me, uh, I've said when I say things out loud that I, that means I'm going to do them. Uh, I said a long time ago, I'm going to go back to school. I'm like, oh, shit, I said out loud. I would go back to school now. I said, I'm going to build an app. And then I was like, oh, shit, I said out loud. So I built an app and I'm going to start a podcast. Boom, here we are. Right. And so I've <laughs> said out loud that I'm going to go elk hunting in 2021. And, uh, you know, I appreciate everybody that that follows along. I I hope that the listeners that I've acquired along the way and picked up 
by having different guests on and things like that. Y'all can follow along with my journey. Mark my words, July 16th, 2019, my dad's birthday. Uh, by, by 2021, I want to be on an elk hunt somewhere out of the state of Wisconsin. Although we do have, we do have some elk in Wisconsin. So uh, just the, the likelihood of winning that draw would be like winning the lottery. It's a super small herd that just got reintroduced and opened up hunting. Anyway, I digress. So tip, tip of the week is to just get outside your comfort zone and, and try to um, dissect it, dilute it, and, and, or distill it down to something that's manageable and think through it that way. And so maybe for me, if I'm talking out loud and taking my own advice and Clint's advice specifically, uh, much like I took Jared Scheffler's advice a long time ago about you know hunting more spots and putting these things to action, I can do something either this year in 2019 and or hopefully and something in 2020 to kind of feel that and get some experience under getting out of my comfort zone from Wisconsin specifically. So if any, if anybody you have, if any of you have any tips, tactics, tricks, um, advice, um, or experience with that, I would love to hear it. You know, um, I'm always open to feedback. I love the reviews that, that people have, um, put in. Someone put in a, a review last week titled devil bugs, which I really loved, uh, about some great ways to, kind of thwart the mosquitoes, which, you know, if, if anybody knows, I fucking hate, hate, hate mosquitoes. Um, pretty much more than anything, um, just about as much as I hate excuses. So actually it said, by the way, here's a tip, right? So try using peppermint oil with cedar oil, mix in water and spray that on yourself. And then obviously keep it away from your eyes. So I'm going to give that a shot. Thank you for that review and rating. I appreciate it a whole, whole bunch. Uh, that concludes the episode today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for reviewing. Thanks for rating. Thanks for calling in. This is your show. Spread the word. Feel free to call in. Um, we welcome anybody and any anybody and everybody. Everybody and anybody. Anybody and anybody. Um, I got some t-shirts for sale too. So if y'all want an OKS Hunter t-shirt, I got that on the, the Facebook page. And also a hunt, 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 hunt shirt too. All right, guys and gals, have a great day in Hunt Public.